Praise God. Um, it's probably a few months ago. I don't remember how long ago. I was uh, I was praying before I was speaking at a uh, on a, on a regular Sunday for our kids ministry. I was, I was teaching in the clubhouse, and I remember I was praying in there, and the Lord uh, He just speaks to me. He says He says uh, Have fun. I was like Have fun. Like I, I, this is kids ministry. What else do you do, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Um, anyway, I, I was like, okay, well, if, if the Lord's telling me that, obviously I'm not having enough fun, at least, right? There's something that I could be doing that's more. And uh, and I think it was the follow. That was a Sunday. The following Wednesday, I, w- I was doing another believer service, and uh, and. We were praying back before the service, and Pastor Mark turns to me and says, you know something that, I think it was, was it Brother Joe Morris spoke to you and said, the Lord had recently told him to have fun before he goes out there, and while he's ministering, to have more fun, and you, you felt led to share that with me. He's like, that's funny that you say that. I just God just spoke that to me on Sunday. And, uh, and I just believe that if you're serving God, and you're not having fun, something's wrong. So you're, you're doing it wrong. Like, like your relationship with God should be something that you delight in. And if it's not that, it's something's wrong. You'd be like, I'm, I need to start over somewhere. I need to go back to where it was a really, where it was a lot of fun and start there. Because it's not supposed to be a struggle. It's not supposed to be a grind. Uh, serving God is a joy. And there's so much, there's so much delight and pleasure in doing the will of God, in in Him, uh, Him working through you, and and causing things to happen in your life, it's a joy. And sometimes we can make it something that it's not. We can make life uh, difficult, and we can, um, you know. Recently, I was talking to some a volunteer in the kids ministry, and they were just talking about how how difficult it was for them to to serve. And I just said, listen, if, if, that, if that's the way it is for you, you're, you're either in the wrong spot doing the wrong thing, or you're just looking at it completely wrong. It should be something that is like you look forward to. It is a, it, it's an amazing time. And I realize um, some of the things in my life that have been the biggest breakthroughs that I've had, I've had and that was one of the words that kept coming up to me tonight, was, was the word breakthrough. And uh, I believe that people are... are and it's not even really, from what I can tell, it's not really a circumstance breakthrough as, mar- as much as it is like inner turmoil or something going on on the inside with people, uh, or maybe it's just a handful, I'm not sure, that, uh, that you need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough. And, uh, and so anyway, some of the biggest breakthroughs that I've had have come when doing something is like the last thing I want to do. I do not want to go to church. I do not want to go worship. I don't want to go teach in the kids' classrooms. Whatever it was, there was like the, maybe it's getting up early and praying. Maybe it's man, I don't. I really don't want to do this fast that I that I I'm supposed to do that I know that God's leading me to do. But those times where I've said, you know what, I'm gonna just I'm gonna push through that anyway. I'm gonna do that no matter. No matter how bad I don't want to, like, because your your flesh. One thing that's interesting about it is is it doesn't like to be subject to you. 
It wants to be in charge. Your flesh wants to have a say. It wants to tell you what to do. It'll, it'll make you eat every piece of candy. It'll make you... <laughs> your, your flesh will keep you in bed till noon. Like, your flesh has a voice. If you don't believe me, just, you know, wait 24 hours before you go to the bathroom again. It's going to start screaming at you, right? Ah! Road trip, anyone? Ready? But your, vo- your flesh is, is, is talking to you on a regular basis... And it has its own it has its own wants, desires. And it the Bible says that the flesh it wars against the spirit. The flesh wars so the things that that you really want, by the way, you're a spirit, that's who you really are. That if you if you were to take off your flesh and and look and see what you look like, you're a spirit. And the spirit that you are is identical to the spirit of the Son of God. It's it's you, you and Jesus in the Spirit, it's hard to tell you apart. Amen? Amen? So you, you're, a, you're a son, daughter of God, filled with the Spirit of God. And, but your flesh has its own ideas of what, you, what it wants you to do. And those things are usually the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. They're the exact opposite of, of getting up early, praying in the morning, reading your word. I don't want to turn turn to this and start reading stuff like that's the last thing your flesh wants to do but we train the flesh right and we we tell the flesh what to do we put our flesh into submission to us and and that's one of the things that i've recognized when it's been the biggest breakthrough that i've had the biggest times where i've seen like wow i just something broke off me or i can tell man i'm 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 in a new place it's been those times where it's the last thing I wanted to do was to do, to do that. And, uh, and so I believe that tonight we're going to see some breakthroughs happen. And the Lord kept saying some things to me. And one of those phrases was rejoice. He, want, he said rejoice. And I recognize that when you're dealing with inner turmoil or you're dealing with circumstances that you don't like or you're dealing with problems and, and, and maybe it's sicknesses, it might be depression. The last thing that your flesh wants to do is start rejoicing. Turn with me real quick to Philippians 4. You probably have heard this one before. But that's okay. It's good to look at it again. Well, we're going to start doing this in just a moment. but Philippians 4. We're, gonna start, or we're just only going to read one verse. Verse 4. Say amen if you're there. You guys are fast. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Interesting that he's giving them a command. Interesting that he's, saying, he's not giving it as a suggestion. What's interesting is he's telling a church to do this. So obviously it's not something that's coming naturally to them. It's not just something that happens automatic. Oh yeah, I just rejoice all the time. Don't even have to try. You know, rejoicing just comes so naturally to me. If that's if that's you, man, you've mastered your flesh. Good job. Good job for you. You just want to do what the Spirit wants to do all the time. You probably live a very disciplined life. However, there is there is the reality where we say, you know what? It doesn't matter what my flesh wants to do. I'm going to do what I know is right to do. And that's and I believe that tonight we're going to be rejoicing. 
We're going to be shouting. We're going to be saying, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. And, and my encouragement is not to do that, um, not to do that hoping something happens, hoping you get your breakthrough. But what would it be like if your breakthrough happened right this second? And what would that rejoicing look like right after that? Let that be the kind of rejoicing that you do. Faith works that way. Faith doesn't work as if I see it, I'll believe it. Faith works like I believe it, and because I believe it, I act like I believe it, I rejoice like I believe it, I shout like I believe it, and guess what happens? I get to see it. I get to see that breakthrough happen, and that's the way faith works. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, you can't access the grace of God, even though there's oceans full of God's grace. You're stuck wishing you were there. You stuck wishing you had an ounce of it. If you can't say, I'm going to believe God and do it anyway. And faith is what really gives you the access to what God's already provided. And, uh, and faith is based off of what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, that's the reason we don't believe in fairy tales and unicorns, even those things, are, those things you can't see, right? Well, why don't we believe in those? Well, because God never said those were real. Right? We believe what God said was real. So we can say without a shadow of a doubt that there's angels in this room, that there's spiritual activity happening, that there's demonic forces at work, that, that there's the reality that Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered in, in his name, that Jesus is in their midst. So we could say that Jesus is here. Well, well we don't see that, right? We, we can't see him. But does it matter what we see? We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. By what, by what God has said. Jesus said we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that has come out of the mouth of God. Whatever, every word that he has spoken, that's what we live by. That's our sustenance. And so when we, when we rejoice, we rejoice because we have really good reason to in here. Not because everything looks good out here. Not because everything feels good. Not because my, my, uh, my heart says, yay, let's rejoice. But because, man, God said some stuff. He said some things to us. If we are aware of the promises of God, if we're aware of the realities of what we have uh, based off what Jesus did when he died, when he was buried, when he was resurrected, if you have even a small fraction of really what took place in the resurrection, if you have somewhat of a revelation of that, then you know that you have really good reason to start rejoicing. You have, um, you have the, it, it doesn't matter what your life looks like because of what God's done for you. You have the ability to rejoice and say, man, I was lost and now I'm found. I was once blind, now I can see. He turns my, my mourning into dancing. Amen? So it, it, it's, it goes beyond just what you feel. I, I had a conversation recently with someone and they were just saying that they were struggling with things. And I, and I said, you know, you might be more, um, you, you, just hear me out before you, before you slap me. You, you might be more led by your emotions and your natural senses than you are by the Spirit of God. And, uh, and they were just struggling with some things. And I said, I said, if you were aware of what this was saying to you, if you were aware of what the reality is right now, if you, again, if we were to say, 
natural world disappear and everything disappeared in the natural, we saw perfectly into the spirit world what in, in the realm of where God lives, where we have the realities that Jesus is is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, where we have the realities that we've been already healed 2,000 years ago by what Jesus did, when we see the reality that we've been given his peace, this peace is not of the world, it's, it's, it's different kind of peace that's of God. If we realize that we've been given the joy of the Lord and that those things currently right now reside in our spirits, what would, it, what, what would that produce in us outwardly? What would we start doing and thinking differently? What would, what would our actions be? And so, unfortunately, in the body of Christ, we see this, um, this type of passiveness uh, to just let everything happen, happen, because, you know, it's the will of God if it happens, which goes against what God has said. Uh, there's also this, uh, um, in the body of Christ, there's almost this, like, constant sorrow that everyone says, like, we got to always remember all these things that are sorrowful, and maybe, maybe we're supposed to learn by different circumstances and things. And uh, maybe God's teaching you something through that. But the, if you look at Jesus, everybody, everybody read the Gospels before? Jesus, it says that he was anointed with the oil of gladness above them all. You know, if you picture Jesus upset, or if you picture Jesus uh, just really serious all the time when you're reading the word, you probably are missing really what he was like. He was, it says that he was, he was anointed with gladness above everybody else. You know, when, you, when it says in Philippians 4, 4 there, it said, uh, rejoice in the Lord. In the Amplified, it says, uh, it says to gladden yourself in the Lord. To gladden yourself. Interesting, I think it's interesting that we can determine our gladness. We can determine our happiness. You know, a lot of people think happiness just is based off of everything going right in your life. If this goes right, if, if I get this kind of... God, if you could just give me the right kind of job, if I could have enough income, if you could, if you could just bring the right spouse along, if you could just do this, I'll be, I'm going to, man, my life will be so much better, man. If my life looked like that guy's life, if, if, if everything went well the way it was supposed to be, my life would be so good. I'd be so happy all the time. Listen, there's people out there with all sorts of money married to some awesome people and their life stinks. Not, not because everything is circumstantial, but because there's a, there's something inside of them that's missing. And so God has given us his joy, and he's given us his peace. He's given us things that are, are beyond this world, and we're supposed to access them. And the way we do that is we just say, well, because you've said it, it's so. It doesn't really matter what I feel. It doesn't really matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what my circumstances are. You guys remember Paul? And uh, by the way, Philippians... Uh, he wrote he wrote that book, and there's so much he talks about joy in that short little four chapter book, and he talks about rejoicing and so many so many things where it's like, man, Paul was on like a high right here, like 
This, this for some reason, this book, he's, he's excited. Did you know he wrote that in prison? He wrote that while he was in prison. He was locked up for preaching the gospel's sake. He had everything, he had every reason to not be joyous if he's looking at his circumstances. If he's looking outwardly, he has every reason to be, man, life's, life's tough. Life's hard. Man, do you know what they're doing to me over here? Do you know what they've put me through? I've just been doing what I'm supposed to have been doing. I've been doing the right thing day in, day out. Do you know what they've done to me? Do you know where I'm sitting here in the worst of the worst? Don't they know who I am, the Apostle Paul? And, he, and he's like, this is like towards the end of his life. And you know what? He's rejoicing and he's shouting and he's singing praises to God. Why? Because he's just aware of what God said to him. He's aware of what he has in the spirit. He's aware of who he is. He's aware, he's aware of spiritual things and the things of, of the world and the things of the flesh. They just don't, they don't matter to him. Because of that, there's a freedom to rejoice. There's a freedom to rejoice. And I can tell you this, that when, when you rejoice, despite your circumstances, despite that, that depression, that inner turmoil, whatever's going on, when you say, you know what, I'm going to rejoice because of what God said. I'm going to rejoice because of who he's made me to be. I'm going to rejoice because of what God's done for me. When you do that, man, all those other things seem to really just diminish. They just get really small. You know, there's a law that says, uh, a spiritual law that says what you focus on grows. Whatever you look at, it becomes bigger. And so when you look at your circumstances and you look at yourself and you're constantly aware of, of, of your condition, that becomes the biggest thing to you. And it, we're just not designed to, to, to live like that. We're designed to live with our eyes on things above with our eyes on our Heavenly Father, with our eyes to the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. When our eyes are in the right place, rejoicing becomes a lot more natural. It becomes a lot more of a, I don't have to push through as hard. I can just look at you and say, man, I have the best king there ever was. I have the eternal king to worship and to praise. And, and, you, and you know what he's done for me? He, he defeated the grave for me. He set me free. He, he washed my sin away. He made my body whole. He, he, he healed my broken heart. When you start looking at Jesus, it, you become water walkers, right? Isn't that what happened to Peter? He starts looking at Jesus. All of a sudden, he's walking on the water, doing things he couldn't normally do, having... A, having uh, his circumstances and problems not affect him. The wind and the waves that were there the whole time, they weren't causing him to go down. But when he got his eyes off of him, all of a sudden he starts think- sinking. He starts going down and starts crying out. But his eyes on Jesus, he's, he's above it. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I want to. we're going to do this in just a moment. We're going to just stand up and we're going to start rejoicing. Don't do it yet. But I encourage you... Uh, to, to just let it rip. Like, who cares what you look like or sound like? Am I right? I mean, get over yourself. <laughs> the, the, pride, the pride of what people will think of you, the pride of, oh, I can't, I can't uh, make a fool of myself, that pride is a hindrance to you getting your breakthrough. 
So I encourage you, just, just if you've got to run, run. If you've got to jump, jump. If you've got to yell and scream and shout, do what you've got to do to rejoice. To where, you, to where you are rejoicing like every answer that you've ever prayed for just got answered. Rejoice like all your financial problems are already taken care of. Rejoice like the, like the sickness in your body just got eradicated. Rejoice like depression, the spirit of depression that's on you, it just got punched out. Rejoice like Watch what happens when you rejoice like that. You're accessing the, the very grace of God by faith to, to get the result that you're, that you're rejoicing for. See, rejoicing happens first. Then comes the breakthrough and the answer. If if you got your if if you end up getting your breakthrough before you rejoice, you're one of those people that somehow somebody was praying for you, someone was rejoicing for you, someone someone interceded for you, because it doesn't normally work that way. And something happened outside of of the regular laws of God, which those are those are t- those are different types of miracles that take place. But the standard and the rule is we just act by faith, and we do what we do by faith. Amen? What God has said, it's true, therefore I act. Therefore I speak. Therefore I do what God has said to do, and I can rejoice. And, and we're, supposed to, we're supposed to have a relationship with God where when we, when we think about Him, when we start, um, all of a sudden some, something reminds us of Him, and, and there's a, a thought that comes along, it should be a thought that is of pure joy. It should be a thought that is like, oh yeah, God. Oh yeah, God. Not the the wrong type of initial response. And and again, I think there's some that are dealing with this, where they think of God, and their first response is to like cower away. Their first response is to be like, uh oh, oh yeah, God. Oops, He's looking at me. I've been doing the wrong thing, or whatever it might be. The Bible says, actually, let's turn there. We'll turn to Psalms. We'll, we'll read this and then we'll rejoice. We'll get after it. Psalm 37. And verse 4. 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes we want our desires before we do the first part. Sometimes we are so focused and delighting in our desires. Oh, if I just had this. Oh, if this was just gone. Oh, if I didn't have this problem. Oh, if my spouse was just better, it treated me like she should or he should. If, if I just had this financial problem gone and if I had this job. Man, God knows the desires of your heart. And having a good relationship with your spouse, having your financial needs met, having health in your body, those are all desires of your heart that God wants to meet. Those are all desires that God's saying, listen, it works when you delight yourself in your relationship with God. It works. Those things He can, he can now give you, and your, your, heart, will, your heart will completely uh, receive now what God's been trying to give you the whole, the whole time, which is the desires of your heart. He's, he, this gives him the access to do it. You know, without delighting in God, 
without delighting in the Lord, you are blocking God. You got a God block going on. Like, okay, God, no, 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 don't give me those. I want these. I, I want these desires. I want this stuff to delight me. I want to delight in all these natural things. And, the, and, and also these things that might be good, these things that might be something God's trying to give you. But no, God, I want to delight in them. And then when I think about you, it's, oh, yeah, God's there. Oh, yeah, I don't. Listen, that relationship should not be that way. Remember when, uh, remember when John the Baptist, who was, who was in the womb, and he got around uh, Mary, who was pregnant with, with Jesus, and if you remember, the, the baby leapt. Uh, John the Baptist, like, kicked really hard when he got close to Jesus. That's the right kind of heart. I want, I want to be like little baby in the womb John the Baptist. When, when Jesus comes around, I'm like, yeah! And you know, something like you might say, well, maybe this is just easy for you. Listen, I am the least emotional person I've ever met. I sometimes have to fake emotions so I don't hurt people's feelings. <laughs> it's true, right? One time, one time my wife gave me a, this amazing present. She, a, a trip to go to the Fiesta Bowl, CBSU, playing the Fiesta Bowl a, while, a long time ago. And, uh, and when she told me, it's like, hey, you're, this is your surprise. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm taking you to the Fiesta Bowl. And by the way, it's on a uh, private jet, which is like ridiculous, right? Like who gives their, their, their spouse a present like that? And I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> like that's, that's really cool. I'm, I'm excited. It's like, it's just sometimes I have to be like, okay, yeah. I, I should probably put on a better show than... It's not that I'm not excited or not looking forward to it. It's just somebody didn't tell my face to do... To... <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish I was like Bill. I could just, you know, show emotion whenever I needed to. <laughs> But listen, rejoicing for me, on in, if I if I was doing it by the flesh, how many know? Um, there's there's different types of emotion. There's there's like emotions that are of the flesh and of the soul. How many know that there's emotions of the spirit as well? There's there's two different kinds. For example, the the spirit of God can can be grieved. The spirit of God can have different types of emotions that we see. One of the one of the spirit uh, emotions that the spirit never has, though, is fear, because we haven't been given a spirit of fear, right? But there's emotions that are are in your spirit. One of those emotions is joy, and that that emotion, if you submit yourself to the spirit of God inside of you, it'll come out. Even though you might be like me and be like. I'm pretty stoic most of the time. but And it'll make me sing and dance and shout and do a bunch of dumb stuff that I would never do. <laughs> but, it's, but the Bible says that the foolishness of this world and the foolishness that the, that the world has is, is the wisdom of God. And things that are foolish to this world is actually the wisdom of God. And so I think that when we start rejoicing, making a fool of ourselves, and it is wise. <laughs> It actually is the wise thing to do. 
It is you doing what is, is God says, hey, listen, this is wisdom. Run around and dance like a fool. Right? Like, didn't that happen to David? Didn't he run around and dance like a fool in the streets? And it was the wisdom of God doing that. The wisdom of God on him to, to just let go. To not care what people think and say, God, I'm rejoicing because what you've done for me, what you've said to me, the promises that you've given me, what I have right now in the Spirit is so much more important, so much bigger than the circumstances in my life, than the, than the depression, the anxiety that I'm feeling. It's so much bigger. It's so much more real. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to access what you've given me. When you do that, start rejoicing. Watch. Those things start changing. The things of this world are subject to the things of the Spirit. And we start acting like the Spirit's real. We start acting like the things which God has said is real. It starts changing those natural things. It starts changing your, your moods. It starts changing your circumstances. And, uh, and we don't have to live by those. We don't have to be subject to those. We can be subject to what God has said and get the promises of God. We can live like Jesus lived, which was he, was, he was just a happy dude. He was, he was a glad person, and more than everyone around him. And, and I, I, bet, I bet there wasn't very many boring moments with Jesus. I bet he, he was a pretty fun guy to be around. And, uh, and we, should, we should allow ourselves to just go there. Allow ourselves to have fun. Allow ourselves to just enjoy God, delight in Him, in our, in our relationship with God, and let all the junk of the past fall off you. Let the circumstances of your life be changed by, by God working in your life, by you accessing this, by rejoicing. Amen? Amen. 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 Worship team, you guys want to...